What's up, Excel Youth? How are you guys doing tonight? Let's go. Katie and I, man, we are so pumped to be here tonight. And uh, <clears throat> we're super excited that we got to hang out with Pastor Izzy and Ariel today. We drank some Starbucks coffee, got to hear their story and uh, lay the foundation for a friendship. And so uh, Pastor Izzy and El Isra Ariel, uh, so glad to hang out with you guys. And uh, man, thank you for letting us come and share tonight. Give it up for your new pastors. Well, as Katie had just said, we are, if you don't know who we are, uh, there's a good chance we know who you are because uh, we have a history, Excel. We got a history, don't we? Let's go. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, years ago, Edwin and I spent hours in the hot sun under a church van uh, as it broke down on the way to church camp in the middle of Lincoln, Illinois. That joker and I spent some good quality time underneath the church van trying to get it fixed, and we got it fixed, didn't we? We did. Let's go. And we ain't even mechanics. We did, we figured it out. It was it was it was epic. And uh, Katie and I were team captains back back years ago with the red team. That's why that's why we're super stoked. You guys are on the red team again because I can't help but just to feel like there's just some there's some destiny there. There's a little bit of destiny about you guys being on the red team. And I want you to know that Katie and I, we are cheering for you. We want to see you guys. We are waiting for a team to take down the purple team. We're, see, we're, we're people of integrity. And as badly as I want somebody to beat the purple team, we, we just keep it fair. And we're just waiting. When some team beats the purple team, you know it's going to be real. You know it's going to feel real good. And you know what's going to feel real good is if you're the ones to do it. If you can be the people's hero and beat the purple team. Let's go. If you don't go to summer camp, by the way, and you have no idea what I'm talking about, you need to go to breakaway camp. It'll change your life. Hey, by the way, uh, this is our Instagram account. They'll throw it up there. Hey, follow us. We exist as missionaries for you. You know, a lot of times we think about missionaries, we think of people that sell all their possessions and uh, they go overseas and all that stuff and they reach an unreached people group. Well, we're like those missionaries. In fact, your church supports us as a missionary. But unlike most missionaries, our mission field is, uh, is a shared mission field with you. As Katie just said, uh, they, there was, there's a Barna group, and they do surveys of Christians. And they, they basically do, like, research and studies and numbers and get the facts, right? Well, one of the things they did was they did a survey amongst all adult Christians, they wanted to know when it was that current Christians came to faith. And they found out that only 6% of them came to faith after graduating high school. Only 6%. If you turn that stat around, that means that 94% of the people that come to know Jesus do so before they graduate high school. You know what that means? It means what Katie just said, that anytime you set foot on your school campus, you're walking amongst the greatest mission field ever. And we've identified that as a mission field. And so part of our job, part of our role, is to inspire you to realize that God is a calling and a destiny for your life right now. Not some obscure date in the future, not after you graduate high school, go to college, get a job, get married, have a family, make a lot of money. 
when society validates you as a human being, you don't have to wait for that moment. In fact, you rob yourself of the greatest opportunity that you have to be an influencer for the kingdom of God if you wait till you graduate high school. You have an opportunity right now. It's an opportunity, it's an advantage to be an influencer that Katie and I are jealous of. We're so jealous of it that as I get older and older, I just feel a life calling to the next generation to invest it into teenagers and to help you fan into flame the gifting and calling of God on your life. So we're your missionaries. We served as youth pastors for 12 years, Katie said that, and uh, this next season in our life, uh, as far as we're concerned, it's gonna be a long time because we believe in the advantage that you have. We believe in the influence that teenagers have in what takes place. If you're gonna make an eternal impact in somebody's life, the, chance, the opportunities right now. Your calling is not a future calling, it's a right now calling. And so anyway, uh, follow us on Instagram because we are your missionaries, we exist for you and uh, we wanna encourage you. Uh, all over Instagram, we are sharing the stories of young people that are taking on the role as missionaries on their school campus, junior high, high school, Students right now all across the state of Illinois, there's a wave of students, and I pray that there'll be a wave that'll continue tonight in your hearts. I believe that God's got a word for you. I believe that God is going to challenge you and inspire you, and he's gonna begin to burn something inside of your heart tonight. I believe that God just perhaps would give you a dream or a vision for what you can do for you in your life right now to make an impact. Because there's nothing more influential that you or I can do with our lives than to lead somebody to Jesus, than to do what we can to, inf to influence somebody to have a personal relationship with Jesus. I'm the product of a church kid's invitation to youth group. I'm the product of a, of a church kid's prayers. I'm a product of a church kid telling me about Jesus, praying with me, praying for me, being a consistent figure in my life, inviting me to youth group. The same summer camp you guys go to in the summer, the church scholarshiped me to go to and God wrecked my life and changed me and I'm not, I'm not the, who I was. My life has never been the same since and I have a heart and a burden. Katie and I both have a heart and a burden for the next generation. That's why we're so hyped to be here tonight. That's why we're hyped to be a part, to be a part of a, to, to be to be ministering with the church that believes in the next generation. It is ingrained in your church. It's ingrained in all your leaders. I know a lot of your leaders, some of them, I knew them when they were in high school. By the way, give it up for all your leaders tonight. Thank you, thank you. Many of them took off work. They got out, I just talked to one of them. They said, I'm so tired. I got out of work and then I jumped right into this. But you know what? They showed up. Why? Because they believe in you. Be good to your leaders, you guys, because they're here for you. They exist for you. Some of you, you're like, oh, I wish they'd just leave me alone. They love you. They care about you. Well, I'm gonna share from a couple passages of scripture tonight that have served as an inspiration in my ministry. And one of them is found in 1 Timothy 4.12. And some of you guys are probably familiar with this. But it says this, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. 
Don't let anyone look down on you. Don't do it. Don't, don't live down to the expectations that society has for teenagers. Most of society just views you as a consumer. They market to you. They give us free apps on our phones so they can make a dollar from us through advertising and other means. They just see you as a means to gain money. But God sees you as a means to reach a calling and a destiny and to fulfill his plans and his purposes for your life and for the life of the people that he's called you to influence. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. It's my conviction that God believes in teenagers. And if there's one place that teenagers should be able to go to and feel believed in, it should be right inside of the church. That's why I love this church. That's why I love your leaders, your youth pastors. Pastor Joey, by the way, you guys like my Cubs jersey? Pastor Joey got me this jersey, uh, I don't know, like 2013, 2014 with Andy Rizzo was just coming up. And uh, I went to a Cubs game and he showed up with this jersey and gave it to me. So I'm wearing this in honor of your lead pastor who has a heart for the next generation. But not only that, but there's another passage in scripture. How many of you guys have ever heard the term revival? There's a passage in scripture that give pastors faith for an end time revival. What is that passage? It's found in Acts chapter two, verse 17. It says this, in the last days, I, God, will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Now it says sons and daughters will prophesy. I don't know about you, but you think that's talking about your parents? I mean, your parents are sons and daughters, right? You think it's talking about your grandparents? They were somebody's sons and daughters. Who do you think that talks about? Who do you think? You. I think it's talking about people that are, aren't old enough to have their own sons and daughters. I think it's talking about a teenage generation. And it says your sons and daughters will prophesy. Do you know what that word prophesy means? It means to take the heart of God, capture it, and speak it forth. It means to be God's mouthpiece, to be God's influencer, influencing others with his heart through your mouth. God wants you to know his heart and speak it forth. I believe that God loves its students at your school so much that God might drop something in your spirit and call you to call it forth. And you'll be like, I don't know about that. Step out, say, hey, I don't know. I might be way off, but, I, but I'm a Christian. I believe that God loves people. I believe that God wants to speak to people. And I, believe, I feel like the Lord's given me a word for you. It might be a picture, it might be a single word, and as you speak it out, God might give you revelation on what that is, but God wants to use you as an influencer to speak into your generation. Your young men will see visions. I don't, by the way, I don't think that's just the young, I think it's young men and women to see visions. And then it says, old men will dream dreams. Three of the four indicators of a late end time revival have to do with the next generation has to do with you. And I believe the older generation's waiting for young people to take up the call and destiny of God upon their life and say, I'm not willing to succumb to the expectations of society anymore. I'm not gonna let anybody look down on me. I'm gonna believe in myself because I know that God believes in me and I know the opportunity that I have right now to be an influencer right now, right here, right where I'm at. God is in the business of giving young people dreams and visions and prophetic words for their generation. 
Let me share a few stories with you guys tonight. Everybody say story time. Everybody say story time. It's my mechanism for getting a drink real quick. <laughs> um, you guys were so quick. Uh, this young woman, go ahead and show that first picture. This young woman, let me tell you, this young woman is an eighth grade student. Last year, she was at eighth grade. She lives in Frankfurt, Illinois. She goes to one of our Assembly of God churches. She was at Momentum last fall. How many of you guys are going to Momentum? Let's go. You need to go to Momentum. She's, here's why, because God speaks in, at these kind of events. She's at this event. There's 25, 3,000 other teenagers, and she's sitting there, and she hears about Youth Alive. She doesn't hear a whole lot. She just hears about the mission field of the public school. And God begins to knock on her heart, and the conversation goes something like this. Roseanne, I've called you. I've destined you. I've got a plan and a purpose for your life, not for your future, but for right now. Every day, Roseanne, you go to school, you're setting foot on the greatest mission field on the planet. There's kids at your school, Roseanne, that go to school every day hurting, broken, lonely, lost, depressed, suicidal, bullied, hopeless. They don't know the truth of the gospel. They're living in a dark place. And I want you to be a light. Roseanne, I've called you. I want you to start a campus club on your school campus. In other words, I want you to plant a church at your school and be a missionary and be a light shining in dark places and bring hope to the hopeless. Roseanne, I've called you to do this. She goes home from momentum, not really sure that God had spoken to her. How many of you guys know what that's like? Anytime God speaks to our hearts to do something courageous, we're gonna have moments of doubt, moments of fear. Those things are realities. You'll probably never do anything for God and not have a little bit of fear inside of you. The Bible says perfect love casts out fear. We don't need less fear. What we need is more love. We need more of God's love, more of his heart in our heart. That's why we spend time in the word. That's why we spend time in prayer. That's why we spend time in worship so we can gain his heart. She goes home for momentum and God visits her in a dream. Roseanne, I've called you to be a missionary on your school campus. I've called you to plant a church or a campus club right there. I've called you to be a light in dark places. Roseanne, there's kids at your school every day hurting, broken, lonely, lost, depressed, suicidal, hopeless, and I've called you to be a light shining in dark places. I've called you to be a missionary. And in this dream, God gives her the name of a teacher that she's to talk to. So things are getting serious now. She goes to school, within a matter of days, she has a conversation with the same teacher that she had a dream about. In the very instance, the very conversation that she has with the teacher, reflected the conversation she had with the teacher in the dream. The teacher said, listen, something like this, I'm overwhelmed, I don't have time to do that, but I know who you need to talk to. On the other side of this story is a man, a teacher named Mr. Rodig. Mr. Rodig is a born-again, believing Christian. He believes that God has called him to the mission field inside the public schools, but he's to do it as a teacher. But because of the law, he's not legally allowed as a representative of the state inside of the schools to openly share the gospel or try to, to convert people. 
He's not allowed to do that. It could cost him his job. Your teachers are legally bound to not share the gospel. They're allowed to if you initiate the conversation, but they're not allowed to do it on their own initiative. So he's there, and you know what he's doing? He starts praying, God, would you open a door at this school? Would you open a door? Would you open a door? Would you open a door? God, you called me here. I'm a Christian. I see this place as a dark place. I know there's kids here that are lonely, lost, hurting, broken, suicidal, depressed, hopeless, and I wanna see the hope of Jesus come and invade this school. He prayed that for year after year after year, and then one day, Roseanne comes up to him. Says, Mr. Rodig, God talked to me at an event, put it on my heart. God visited me in a dream. He's called me to start a campus club at this school campus to bring hope to the hopeless, to be a light shining in dark places. Mr. Rodig, I had a dream about talking to this teacher. I talked to the teacher, and she said, I need to talk to you. Did you know that in that moment for Mr. Rodig, things begin to click and he realized that this was the very thing that he had been praying for for year after year after year, believing that God had called him there for a reason. And everything began to click in that moment. So together they begin to work about starting a campus club. And they begin to, they brought the idea to administration. And administration, for whatever reason, uh, created a bunch of barriers, legal barriers, legal, lawyers got involved, all these things. Month after month after month, from November to March. Several months go by, Roseanne's wondering, God, did you really call me to do this? No, God, I know you've called me to do this. I'm gonna stick to it. I'm gonna keep believing, keep praying. I'm gonna push through. We're gonna go through whatever we need to do to see this come to pass. And they stuck to it. And on March 2nd, Roseanne and Mr. Rodig started their campus club, and this was their first campus club right there, March 2nd. An eighth grade girl starts a campus club. There's not a lot of students that come, came that, that week to the first campus club. That's Mr. Rodig in the very back. Uh, Roseanne's in the front. Katie and I just happened to be in the area, and we were able to be there. The Bible says don't despise the small beginnings. Because Roseanne began to see other students impacted as she did this campus club. We share her story all across the state of Illinois. And she, her story is igniting a fire in the hearts of teenagers all across the state of Illinois. Because she was willing and obedient. Willing and obedient to be an influence. To take what God had given her. She may not have felt like it was much. But she gave all that she had. She put herself out there and God honored it. And God answered the prayer of a teacher who had prayed a prayer for several years. If time permitted, I could go on to share the story. Uh, we'll just, yeah, we'll just kind of throw, run through these real quick. Another story. Next slide. This is another group of eighth grade students uh, that, that, Started a campus club on their school campus in central Illinois. It started years ago as a sixth grade student. Maddie Landris was a sixth grader, and God asked her, God put a question in her heart. How many of the students in your school, if they were to die today, how many of them would go to heaven? 
from that moment, she knew that God was calling her to do something. And then when Youth Alive came and kicked off, she began to meet with Katie and me, and we met over Starbucks, and we just came up with a game plan last uh, late winter. Within a matter of weeks, she had her campus club started and has reached a lot of teenage, a lot of students in her school. Now that she's out of eighth grade, by the way, while she was in eighth grade, she was raising up a group of sixth graders who would succeed her and take her club, and they are now running that club. It's continuing. And now she's in ninth grade, ninth grade kid at a new high school as the youngest person in her school, youngest class. She's venturing to start a campus club on her high school campus right now. Maddie Landris is an introverted, nerdy, she loves Marvel and Star Wars, and she's a little, uh, she's not the most socially inept person, but you know what she is? She's willing and obedient, and God's using her. Next story. Uh, this is uh, Grace and Lily. They felt like they were alone on their school campus as Christians. They felt like their school, the kids at their school were hopeless and without any source of hope. We came to their youth ministry last spring. We talked to them about starting a campus club. God began to knock on their heart, knew that they were called to do it. And within a matter of months, they started a campus club right there in Champaign where the U of Illinois, University of Illinois is at, one of the high schools there. Next up, Michael Schmidt. Uh, he's an honorary kid. He's a PK from Carlinville, Illinois. I met with him about a year ago. He was going into his junior year of high school. He told me how he complained the entire time about how he hated his town, couldn't wait to get out of his crappy, small little town where the best thing there is a Walmart, and he just could not wait to graduate high school early and get out of there and say peace to Carlinville, Illinois. By, that's, by the way, that's where we have our campgrounds. He's the pastor's kid there, and I begin to pray, God, change his heart. Show him the opportunity he has, that he has an opportunity to be an influence on our school campus. He has an opportunity he won't have the rest of his life. And I watch as a, how, a, how a, a flip switched inside of his heart. Last spring, him and Julia, the girl next to him, started a campus club at Carlinville High School last May. I could go on to tell you more stories of how God is using young people, but I'm going to finish with this one. You might say, well, I'm a homeschool kid. What am I going to do? Can I just tell you, you're not exempt. God has a calling and a destiny for your life. Maddie Bettinger, homeschool kid, said she didn't want anything to do with public school, never wanted to have anything to do with public school. She found out one day the worst news in the world was that she was going to have to enroll in public school because she wanted to get her driver's license. And the only way to get her driver's license was to go to driver's ed. So she enlisted to go to school every Tuesday and Thursday. And God began to knock on her heart. God began to show her, there's kids at your school, Maddie, hurting, broken, lonely, lost depressed and suicidal, hopeless, without hope. And I'm calling you to be a missionary. I'm calling you, homeschool kid. I'm calling you to be a missionary right there on your school campus. And she's like, God, what do you want me to do? She goes to a called conference. Uh, 
that we had down in Carlinville for people that felt called to ministry. She goes there, she hears the story of somebody else that had started a prayer table on their, in the hallways of their school. And she thought, why can, she thought, I can do that. And so by the following week, she meets with the principal, it gets approved. And by the following Tuesday, within a week after the called conference, she's there in the hallways of her high school with a prayer table offering to pray for people so they can encounter the love of Jesus. As she's praying, she meets a girl and builds a relationship with a girl, finds out that this girl is her driver's ed partner, finds out that this girl wants nothing to do with church, nothing to do with God, but she knows that she's called as a missionary to build a bridge with this girl. They begin to build a friendship. She begins to just show her the love of Jesus. And one day, their youth ministry had a lock-in. And she stepped out in faith, and she invited this friend to the lock-in. The friend went to the lock-in. The same girl that wanted nothing to do with God, nothing to do with church, because the love of a campus missionary using the influence that God had given her invited her to this youth group event. She goes to the youth group event. The youth pastor preaches a salvation message, and this girl responds and accepts Jesus into her heart. That was last spring. Now, fast forward. Maddie's done with driver's ed. She's a homeschool kid. She can leave high school in the rear view mirror, mirror, but you know what she did? She felt so compelled by God to be a missionary at this high school that now she's a part-time student. She's still homeschooled, but she knows that she's on mission, and she's got a mission on that school campus. So now she enrolls part-time as a student so she can continue to be a light shining in dark places. You can follow her at, I think we, no, we might have gotten rid of it. I think we got rid of it. It's, if it's up there, I th- did we get rid of that slide? We did, okay. Anyway, follow us at youthalive.il because we're sharing these stories and through our Instagram account, you can find these other Instagram accounts, follow them and encourage them and watch how God is using them because you know what? There's nothing special about the young people that God has used to do these things. If you're willing to dream it, God's willing to do it. If you're willing to dream it, God's willing to do it. If you're willing to say, God, I want you to give me a dream and a vision. Listen, it may not be a dream in your sleep. It may not be a supernatural vision. It just might be a burden inside of your heart. It might be the stirring of the Holy Spirit inside of you calling you to do something, to be an influencer, because there's nothing more influential that you can do with your life than to win somebody to Jesus and do everything that you can to make sure they have an opportunity to know Jesus. I wouldn't be here today if it weren't a kid named Jonathan Ostrander who invited his friend Billy Willis to youth group. The most influential thing anybody ever did in my life was invite me to youth group, pray with me and pray for me and share the gospel with me. I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for somebody like you stepping out of their comfort and into their calling. Influencers embrace inconvenience. Your calling is uncomfortable. Your calling is inconvenient. But I'm gonna tell you this right now. There's gonna be people years from now that are gonna point to you and say, if it weren't for that person, I wouldn't be who I am today. If it weren't for them, I wouldn't go to bed every night knowing I'm forgiven of my sins, having a relationship with my heavenly father. I wouldn't have a bright future. I wouldn't know where I'm going after I die. I wouldn't know I'm going to heaven if it weren't for you. When you and I 
exit this life and enter to the next life, we're not gonna look back and wonder where all of our fancy clothes, our reputation, our popularity, that girl or that boy that we have a crush on, where they're at. You know what you were gonna worry about? Where am I and who's with me? You can't take your popularity. You can't take your clothes. You can't take your possessions. The substance of landfills today was somebody's treasure of yesterday. And today's treasure, your treasure, is the substance of landfills tomorrow. When you and I exit this life, your body will be left behind. Your body will be a rotting away as a corpse inside of a casket six feet under the turf with a tombstone over your head with three things, the date you were born, the date you died, and a little dash in between. Death is a reality. Someday you're gonna die. Someday you're gonna spend eternity somewhere forever. I hope it's in heaven, and I hope that you'll live your life as an influencer, taking as many people with you that you can, because nothing else matters but that. third passage of scripture that serves as an inspiration in our ministry worship team. You can go ahead and come on up. Isaiah 6 verse 8. God asks a question. Listen, God asks a question. This question is relevant to you because it's the same question God is asking right now. It's the same question that God is asking about the kids in your school, your classmates, your teammates, your family members, your neighbors, strangers that you'll encounter, God's asking a question. You know what the question is? It's found in Isaiah 6, 8. Who will go for us? Who can I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And Isaiah answers the words, here I am, God. Here I am, God, send me. Behind his response, you might find a lot of excuses. You might hear about his inadequacies, what he's not, what he doesn't have. Well, God, I'm not the most popular. Nobody's gonna listen to me. I'm not very influential. I, I don't make a lot of money. I'm low in income. I'm this, I'm that. I'm not very talented. I'm not a good speaker. I don't know much about the Bible. I just got saved. I'm a failure. Who am I, God, that you would send me or use me? I would reckon to bet that between the time that God asked this question in the moment that Isaiah answered these words, I would, re I would reckon to bet it was a moment, maybe a few moments of processing. God, is that really you? Are you really calling me? God, do you know who I am? Do you know what I did? Do you know about my past? Do you know all of my inadequacies? Can I just put all your inadequacies to rest? 
God says this, my power is made perfect in your weakness. Your weakness is your greatest gift from the Lord. You know why? Because it's his reminder to you that you can't do it on your own and you need him to help you. We're not called to do it on our own or in our own strength. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to help us. And your inadequacy, whatever it is, it's your constant reminder that you need him. And it gives room for his power to be seen. It says this in the Old Testament, not by power or by might. In other words, not by anything that humans can do, but by my Holy Spirit, says the Lord. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to abide in the Lord. We need to be connected to the source. Then I heard the voice of the Lord asking, whom shall I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And I said, God, here I am, send me. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads? Before we respond to this, question that God is asking about the people in your life. Maybe you're in this room and you and Jesus aren't right. Maybe you've been living in sin rather than living in Christ. Maybe at some point in your life you gave your life to Jesus but you've fallen away from him. Or maybe you're here tonight because you were invited Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. If you're in this room and you and God just aren't on the same page and you know that you need a fresh start, you need to be forgiven of your sins and you need to call upon the name of the Lord to save you, right now this moment's for you. If you're in this room and you'd say that's me on the count of three, I want you to lift your hand. It's not anything to be embarrassed of or ashamed of. It's just your recognition that you need Jesus to save you. If that's you here today on the count of three, I want you to slip up your hand. One, two, three. How many of you in this room would say that's me? It's not a decision you make because somebody taps you on the shoulder. It's a personal decision. Nobody can make a decision to follow Jesus for you. Going to church doesn't save you. Trying to do all the good things in the world doesn't save you. Calling upon Jesus saves you. Is there anyone here tonight that would say that's me? Okay. If there's somebody in this room and you felt like you were supposed to raise your hand, but you didn't, that's okay. The hand doesn't save you. Praying this saves you. Would you pray this with me all across this room? All of us together just in the case that there's somebody in this room that knew that, they, that, that this moment's for them, we're gonna pray this. Praying doesn't save us, it's putting our faith and trust in Jesus. And prayer is how we come to him in faith. It activates our faith. So we're gonna pray this together all across the room. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross, to take my sin, my shame, my punishment and my guilt upon himself. 
today, Jesus, I'm calling upon you to save me, to be my Lord, my Savior, and my friend. Today, I turn away from sin, and I turn to Jesus. And today, I declare that I'm a new creation in Jesus Christ. I am not who I was. I'm not defined by my past. I'm defined by who Jesus says I am. I am loved. I am called. And I'm destined. And I am a child of God. Forgiven. And a new creation. Jesus is my Lord. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we just had to do that, just in case. You know, if the whole purpose of us living was to get saved, Jesus would zap us up into heaven where it's comfortable right away. But instead, Jesus says, no, I've got a calling for you. You'll get your comfort in heaven someday. But guess what? Right now, you have a calling. And your calling is the people in your world. And if I took you now, they may not have hope because you're their hope. You're the, in, uh, you're the person I want to use to be my influencer. So now we come to the moment. The voice of the Lord is asking, whom shall I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And you're at a crossroads tonight. We've been at a crossroads this entire series are we gonna step out and embrace the inconvenience that comes with our calling and do the things that God has called us to do? If you're willing to do it, God will do it. He doesn't use or look for the most gifted, talented, outgoing, smartest, best-looking people. He uses people like you and I who are simply willing to be used to say, God, I'm willing to lay down all my inconveniences, all my inadequacies. Here I am, send me. So in just a moment, we're gonna give you an opportunity to respond to the altar. The altar is where you and I are altered, where things change and we're transformed, where things that hold us back go to lot go to die so new things in our heart can live. It's where we encounter the Lord and God begins to birth dreams and visions in our heart and we're empowered with the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses. So on the count of three, I'm gonna invite you forward and I'm gonna invite you, not casually, but at a moment of crucifying your flesh and saying, God, not me, you. Less of me, more of you. Less of my desires and more of your desires. I could do a lot of things with my life, Jesus. I'm tired of chasing my own ways. I'm here. Send me, God. Use me. Use me to reach my classmates and my teammates. Listen, I'm begging you as somebody that represents the kid at your school or on your sports team that doesn't yet know Jesus. And I'm begging you to go and I'm begging you to tell me about Jesus. I'm swimming in guilt. I'm swimming in shame. I don't know that I can come to Jesus the way that I am. I'm begging you. 
I'm destined for an eternity in hell. I don't know that I'm loved. I don't know that I'm valued. I don't know that there's forgiveness to my sins. I'm calling out to you, please share the gospel. Tell me. Would you stand to your feet? Whom shall I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? I said, here I am. Send me. If that's you here tonight, on the count of three, I don't care if it's one of you, five of you, or all of you. I want to give you an opportunity to say, God, here I am. Send me. And I believe for, I'm believing God for an impartation. I'm believing for something to change. For something in your life. As you respond to the altar, I'm believing for something to be altered in your heart in your life. If that's you here tonight and you just say, God, I'm willing, here I am, send me. And we're gonna respond right now to the altar on the count of three. One, two, three. If you say, I'm here I am, God, send me. I'm willing, I'm willing to go Come. You want to be an influencer? There's nothing more influential you can do with your life than bring people to Jesus. Father, break our heart for what breaks your heart. God, I pray that you would stamp eternity in our hearts and in our eyes, God, that we would view our lives through the lens of eternity. God, use us as influencers. We're saying, here we are. Send us, oh God. If that's you, This is an invitation. God will use you. If you're willing to dream it, God is willing to do it. This doesn't mean you've got it all together. That's okay if you're hesitant. That just means you're giving more thought to it. But don't let this moment pass you by without having a moment to respond, to say, here I am. I'm just gonna spend a moment Jesus. Oh God, right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for these young people that have already responded. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you give them a burden for lost souls, oh God. Father, cause their hearts to be burdened with the fate of those who don't know you. God, let their hearts be broken for those kids that go to school every day, hurting and broken, lonely, lost, depressed, suicidal and hopeless. And God, I thank you for you wanting to use imperfect people, God. We lay down all of our inadequacies. We lay it down at the altar. And we're asking you, God, to empower us with the Holy Spirit. Use us, oh God. The Lord says, I'll be a mouth for you. I'll give you the words to say. I'm not asking you to have it all together. I'm just looking for a willing vessel. I'll empower you. I'll give you the strength that you need. I'll give you all that you need. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Oh God, put names and faces of students, of classmates and teammates. Lord, give us a burden for the kid that sits by themselves on the other side of the lunchroom table. Here we are, God. Send us to that kid. Send us to that kid that's in an identity crisis. Send us to the ones who don't know who they are. 
Send us to the most popular. Send us to the lowliest. Here we are, God, send us. Send us to the kid that everybody else has written off. Send us to the people that nobody, that everybody else has given up on. Here we are, God, send us. Send us, God, here we are. The altar's still open. This is a place of impartation. We're gonna begin to just sing a song. Let this song, the words of this song, become your words to the Lord here tonight. Here we are, leaders. As we go into this song, you're released right now to begin to lay hands and begin to pray prophetic, spirit-filled prayers. And if the Lord gives you a word for a student, speak it forth. You're anointed of the Lord to be his voice tonight in the life of these students.